an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you that I am now on Wisdom App. It is an app where we can connect and you can ask me questions and we can keep the conversation going about this week's episode. So please jump over to where you download apps on Apple or on Android and pick up the Wisdom app. It has Einstein with headphones on. Find me at Amy Stark, just Amy Stark. We can talk about the podcast and we can talk about anything that you're wondering about your journey. We can connect there. And I am so grateful that this app exists. So please come on over and let's get this conversation going. I can't wait to see you there. That's what I like to do is not just get stuck on what we eat for our health and our gut health, but how and why we eat for it too. That's just as important, the energy that we bring to it and looking deeper into the stuff of like, how am I actually nourishing myself with food and beyond? And so something that I do talk a lot about in the book, on my blog and on my Instagram and stuff is also mindful eating. When we talk about mindfulness, when we talk about being more conscious and present in our day-to-day with meditation or journaling, all my favorite tools, and we bring that into mealtimes. This is where exactly what you're talking about, the nervous system and that linchpin to our health, which is actually our vagus nerve from our gut to brain. And that's what's switching Mm -hmm. between the parasympathetic and sympathetic. When we use mindful eating, which is slowing down, chewing our food, just really being present with our meal, Mm -hmm. we can really heal our digestion. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Allison Maris, and she is a guru in the field of food nutrition. And I'm excited to talk to her because many of us who are listening to this podcast have been through this transition period where we realize the food that we were eating probably isn't the best, isn't really serving us, is like depleting our energy. And eventually we get into this understanding that there probably has to be an elimination diet of some kind. At least that was my journey. And I'm really grateful that I wound up pursuing that because it really has changed everything for me. I had no clue that like you could live life without brain fog or without struggling to have energy. Like I was always drinking coffee or Diet Cokes or whatever. The more that I dove into this and really honed in on like what my body really needs, the better it's functioned. So I'm really glad that you're out in the world, Allison, teaching people how to eat better things. Like I've already learned so much just from stalking her Instagram and, and her <laughs> and her website and stuff. She has great videos. I, sh- I learned about tiger nut and that had, I've never heard of. And that's really cool. And it's not even a nut guys. It's a vegetable. So, <laughs> and I love that you, Allison, also integrate the mindset piece along with this, which is something that I think a lot of times is missed. I've said this a million times on the podcast and I'll say it again. If your body is in fight or flight, you can do all the fancy diets you want. You can take all the beautiful supplements that are out there. You could 
get all the infusions of vitamins and nutrients, but your body's just not going to absorb it the same way as if you were to do the things that are going to get you out of fight or flight. So it's crucial that that piece is there. And then also to explore whatever foods might really serve you. And even in my forties, I'm learning now grains in general, just don't do well with me, you know? And I'm like, damn it. But I really love the energy. You know, I really love the clarity and I like how my body feels. And also my stomach is less bloated, which is nice. It definitely feels better. Here's her bio, by the way. This woman is amazing. She just wrote a book and it's called the Paleo Gut Healing Cookbook. And she's been blogging over at her website called Food by Mars, which I asked her, I was like, is that a play on your name or is it actually for Mars? Because sometimes I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the stuff we are supposed to eat when we're changing our diet can <laughs> give me like this from Mars, like tiger nut even. I'm like, how is that not a nut? It's a vegetable. But anyway, she had her own journey with healing her Hashimoto's and PCOS. So she really knows what she's talking about. And you have a beautiful young little girl. That's beautiful. If you know anything about PCOS, it can be hard to conceive. So obviously you've done some things to correct that. Let's hear what you have to say about what we need to know. What are our first steps? Because for me, it's been like 15 years since I've been on this journey where I started changing stuff. What would you suggest if you've got brain fog, you have low energy, you've got a diagnosis of an autoimmune condition, Mm -hmm. or you have chronic illness? Where do we start? How do we even know? Yeah, that's a great question. Similar to what you mentioned about figuring out like, hmm, maybe some things have to go. Maybe the way I've been eating is contributing to it. Same here, right? Like I grew up eating the standard American diet, pop. Yeah. You're from New Jersey. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) We're Jersey, New Yorkers over here. (laughs) We were raised on pasta people. (laughs) Yes. Like we, very far from the paleo diet is how I ate growing up. It was just sugar, granola, cereals, like pasta, rice. Okay. Right. So I started to figure out as I was getting older that even the like mainstream dietary advice of like green smoothies and cleanses and cardio were not working. It was burning out my adrenals. It was making things much worse. My PCOS was not resolving. I was on the birth control pill for a long time. So I was just doing everything the doctors were telling me to do, telling me diet didn't matter and all these other things. (laughs) Yeah, I know my, my favorite, one of my personal favorites, Finally, I was like, you know what? This is bull. Like, how can something you put in your body three times a day have zero effect on your health? It just doesn't make sense. But then you can tell me to swallow a pill and that that'll do it. Like that'll right. make all the and, sense. And, the and three times a day is really not what we're eating. I mean, as Americans, yeah, we're amen. more than that. Yeah. Amen. Right. Like the snacks and my favorite hundred calorie packs that I used to eat all day. <laughs> right, right. Carrying our purse. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Like the diets or something. Yeah. Or the diet sodas, like you said, and the coffees. Yeah. This was happening to me, I would say like mid 20s. So I was out of college. College, you don't eat the best and do the best things. No, definitely not. (laughs) No. And I was just hitting a wall. And so I started coming to it by eliminating things and really figuring like, hey, I'm hearing a lot about gluten-free. I'm hearing a lot about dairy being inflammatory. And I just started hearing more and more about this stuff and getting curious. And that's actually how I started my blog. I was working really long hours in New York City. I was working at startups and I was like, I need to change things. I have no energy. I'm not feeling well Mm. and I need a creative outlet. So I started food photography and recipe development and all this other stuff. And that was my way to really explore this. And then I started going really into it and seeing the results. So I would say to anyone who's kind of feeling like there's just these weird symptoms that are popping up, not resolving. I don't feel my best, the Mm. fatigue, the brain fog, all that stuff, digestive issues galore, right? To look at what you're putting in your body start there. And I would, I am always advocating for a paleo-ish template, right? It doesn't mean 
Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean it's gospel and that this diet is everything perfectly right, you know, for right. you, but it's a good template to start with as you learn, you know, more. About right. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of times when we are in this world and we're like sick and we find, let's say what we call an answer and it's like paleo, for instance, and then we feel like we have to stick with it. And it's like so much stress just to stick with it. A lot of people are resistant to even changing their diet because they're like, well, I can't do it all the time for meals or whatever, for work or something like that. Or I can't be packing my lunch every single day. So fuck it all. (laughs) No, it's like, just do the most that you can do and when you can do it and then go from there. And like I said, is it my favorite thing that at 41 years old, I'm realizing that grains just really aren't the best thing for me? No, it's not my favorite thing. But I also am really interested in reversing my immune system even further and my real age, having more clarity and everything like that. So it's a thing that I'm willing to adjust based on the benefits. So that's all we're looking at is like, what's, what are the benefits from me swapping out, let's say almond milk for tiger milk? It's probably pretty good. Tell us more about tiger or yeah, tiger nut. You are like in love with the tiger nut idea. I like, well, first of all, let me just say you made a sweet with it. So yes. it was like a flower. And then you also made a milk with it. Well, I guess almonds, you can do the same thing with. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, okay. it's actually a really good sub for almonds if nuts bother you. Or I really happen to think, so when we go paleo, we have a tendency to overeat nuts because they're in everything. So it's nut milk, it's nut flour-based products like breads and goodies and whatever else. And it becomes our staple and nuts. Think about it before you probably ate that way. Nuts were like, what? Maybe you'd have them in some granola here and there. Maybe you would have them as a, like a sprinkle of something. It wouldn't be an actual staple food that you would have. I see it all the time where we're just all eating way too many nuts once we go gluten-free and paleo. So I really started to lean into like, okay, too many almonds, too many nuts are bothering me. They're making sluggish digestion. It it's, doesn't feel very good. You feel bloating. So I started learning about tiger nut flour and all these different flowers as one does when you're <laughs> exploring in the kitchen with food allergies and sensitivities. And it tastes amazing. It's a really good sub for nut flour. It tastes like a nut, but it's actually a root vegetable. Who knew? Yeah. Can you just uh, and get it at the regular grocery store? I mean, like you can get it like Whole Foods. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, like they definitely have that. You can get it on Amazon and okay. you can buy the actual tiger nuts. They're, they look like nuts, but again, they're, yeah, they're round and white. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And like brown. They're really tasty to snack on too. And so you can make milk out of those and then you can buy the flour if you wanted to bake with stuff. One of the things that I really like to do, especially when I'm talking gut health is like, let's rotate foods. Okay. Mm -hmm. We don't have to get stuck on one thing because when we're having autoimmune or leaky gut, IBS type of situations, we're, we're going to have a tendency to get sensitive to the food that we eat too much of, or that we eat constantly. Mm -hmm. So if you love it and you don't want to lose it, (laughs) rotate it. You know, if you're someone who loves almonds or loves eggs or whatever, it's like, good, rotate it. Don't get so stuck on it. One of the things I've heard about almonds is that they can cause histamine problems. Is that correct? So the thing with almonds too, is like, they do have some anti-nutrients, meaning it can like impede some of our absorption abilities. They do have some lectins, just like legumes, which is excluded on paleo. It's just that we can make it better by soaking them. Your great, great, great grandmother or more traditional ways to prepare these things like beans and grains and nuts and seeds would be to soak 
them or sprout them for a long Mm -hmm. time, but that's not our lives. We're Mm -hmm. in a rush. We're always about convenience and we don't tend to do that. And then when we're eating too much, this is when it becomes a bit of an issue. So actually the autoimmune protocol, which you and I were just kind of chatting about, and I have a lot of those recipes are in my cookbook as well. It's kind of a, an, a therapeutic diet that sits on top of paleo. You can think of it with some further exclusions that are very, very short term. And then you reintroduce, but they can really help with reducing antibodies, reducing inflammation and nuts are part of it. It's, it's a removal. So nuts, okay. nightshades, some key, key foods like that, that again, they all have nutritional value. They're all, they all have great nutrients. This is not to demonize them. I always want to be right, very right. careful about that. Cause to your point, we'll get on these diets and we see like, Oh, we, I can't have that. I can't have that. And it's really about saying, Hey, I'm open to learning about mm-hmm. how these foods interact with my body and my bio-individuality and learning about new foods. Like let's try some new things, right? Like we all right. grew up eating the same types of food and we stay there forever. So this is about including and thinking about other types of whole foods that we can eat versus getting stuck on the same ones over and over again. Mm, definitely. How did you get into this? I, I know you have a healing journey for yourself mm. and that's usually how we all get started, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It, it has to like happen to us for us to try it. Right. So yeah, like, like I was saying, when I started burning out and really feeling like my, everything was going downhill, basically I was on the birth control pill for about a decade. And yeah, and I was a newlywed and I was like, I don't think we need to be on this. Let's just get off of it. And the second I did, that was my trigger for Hashimoto's. And I didn't know it yet, but I started losing all my hair. I lost like 75% of my hair in three years. Yeah, it was insane. It was very rapid. I was like, wait, this like girls, our hair tends to be all over the floor sometimes, but this was insane. Like, yeah. so that was happening. I felt like all of a sudden I could no longer ignore that my digestion was having issues. I stopped normalizing it as much. And I'm like, wait a minute, maybe not everyone is as bloated all the time. Maybe not everyone is having all these issues all the time. Started really picking at stuff. And I'm like, I don't think this is right. The fact that I always had PCOS and very painful cycles and all these other things, I started really looking at. And also when I got off the pill, I, I went on it for my PCOS, because that's all that was presented to me as an option. When I got off of it, my period came right back, just as painful, just as terrible as ever. It didn't huh. fix, quote, air quotes, it didn't fix anything. Right. Like they said it was going to, it was just a band-aid. And so it was this like mental coming to Jesus moment of like, Oh my, Oh my goodness. <laughs> None of this has worked. I was, what was I doing this whole time? Things are really bad. And I've just been ignoring it. And then this physical pro- like whole metamorphosis where I was just degrading overnight. Mm-hmm. It felt like I had no energy mood swings. I was feeling really down all the time. Thyroid. And I kept every time I researched, I'm like thyroid, this sounds like thyroid. I kept going through traditional routes to different doctors, specialists, endocrinologists. They kept telling me, no, no, I don't think it's your thyroid. You don't look like you have thyroid issues. Yeah. That just, they would just diagnose me by looking at me basically and tell me they didn't, they didn't want to do a full panel. This is another thing I run into with my clients all the time. They, they don't want to do a full panel to test you properly. So it kept going under the radar. Finally, I got myself to a naturopath and functional medicine doctors and they diagnosed me like that. They're like, yeah, you have Hashimoto's, you have hypothyroid, which is very interlinked with PCOS, very interlinked with digestive issues because it's autoimmune and Mm. most of our immune system resides in our gut. So all these things are all connected. That was another thing. 
growing up, like in our modern day lives, you tend to think everything is separated in the body because you go to a special, you go to right. a dermatologist for skin, you go to, and then I started realizing because I was educating myself. I had even gone back to school in, in that time to become a nutritionist because I was like, well, no, one's going to do this for me. So I've got to figure this out. And that's luckily how I came into it because this is what most people struggle with. They don't know where to go. Their mm. traditional means of trying to figure out how to get diagnosed mm. is not just that clear. So I hear that all the time. In fact, I just talked to a lady yesterday and she was like, I know my hormones are off. I know I'm not sleeping at night. And the doctor's telling me I'm fine. I'm like, how, what arrogance do you have to have in order to look at somebody in the face and say, you don't have that problem that you're telling yeah. me that you have. <laughs> like, I can't 100%. even imagine. Yeah. We are the experts on our body. Even yeah. when we don't know, even we're like, I don't know. I need help, but we know something is wrong. I was dismissed for years. You know what they told me when I was 27, losing all my hair? Oh, maybe you're aging. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, wait, that is completely unexpected. Like the laziest response I've ever heard. In my right, life. right, what? right. <laughs> 27. It was so bad. It was so bad. Well, and, and listen, it's not the doctor's fault because they are programmed and yes. trained to fix things with a pill. They mm -hmm. get less than an hour of nutrition counseling or help or yeah. whatever in college when they're doing their studies. So they just don't know anything about it. And unfortunately, they're learning the hard way that digestion matters. And I mean, I know somebody who had their gallbladder taken out recently and the doctor said, you don't have to change your diet. I don't know a lot about things, but... <laughs> Pretty sure that the gallbladder digests <laughs> when you, and, yeah, pretty yeah. sure when you remove a digestive organ, yeah, the, there might be some adjusting needed. We can laugh all day, but it's really just sad. I mean, it's Absolutely. and and that's what why we're here because we walked the line, we trusted, we listened, and then we were like, it's up to me, right? Yeah. You started doing the research, you found the right doctors, you knew something was wrong, you got the help that you needed. You have this. First of all, do you take the pictures in your book, your cookbook, because they're beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're really talented. I was like, I want every single thing that she has in this cookbook. <laughs> That's my artistic side. I love it. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And everything happens for a reason, me coming across this, because I I've been gravitating more towards just paleo. I just think it awesome. fits me right now, right here in my life. Sure. When I was like 24 or whatever, I could drink a Starbucks that had milk in it and you know, all the sugar and everything and and mostly be fine. But now I just wouldn't dare even do that because I, I just love my body too much. In fact, that is actually what spirit wanted to have this podcast encoded with, which is that nourishing the body is a form of self-love. That is the message that is being shared with y'all is that when we start tuning into what our body needs and wants, it's a form of self-love and knowing that you are the expert and that when you don't get the answers that you want, you just go somewhere else and find the answers that are going to help you to transform your health, if that's what that if that's what you're looking for. So, what tools and tips would you suggest for people who are at that phase of like, all right, I know I have to eliminate gluten and maybe even dairy because that's mm -hmm. usually a, a step, or even sugar. A lot of people, it's a new year. Perfecto. Yeah, right. <laughs> Corn. <laughs> Let's just add that in eggs. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I've done alcohol. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alcohol is another yeah. one. It's really hard. What What are some tools or tips or strategies that you would suggest to like help us ride out that bumpy period where we're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. A hundred percent. I really like to think of addition over subtraction. And I think it's not just like a, 
Oh, nice trick, Allison. It's like, no, we need to do that because we need nutrient dense foods. Our body needs vitamins and minerals, right? From these foods. And again, when we get stuck eating the same things over again, and especially when they're processed dead food, that's not giving Mm. us any nutrients at all. We're not used to trying new things. Like I had never had a butternut squash before. I had never tried even like zucchini. I was just uh, potatoes, rice, meat, maybe some salad. That was my. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. I remember having to learn about vegetables like in a different way. Yeah. Me too. I remember that was a big thing. It was exciting because especially like New York and and New Jersey, it's like I was going to restaurants. They were making these vegetables like so delicious. I was like, oh my God, what? This vegetables could taste this good get that mindset of like, Hey, I get to try all these new things. I've been eating the same, maybe 20 foods my whole life. And now I get to open up my world to eating all these new nutrient dense whole foods. Instead of looking at it, like I miss bread. Like that's not really going to help you. That's not going to help you. Sometimes that's the first question I'll get from people when I'm like, Hey, what are you struggling with? It's like, well, bread. And I'm like, let's expand your world beyond bread. That is one thing. And yes, there are paleo breads and there's all these other things. But again, it's still somewhat processed and it's nuts, 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 lots of nuts. We just want to say, hey, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful that there are some things that I can go to when I'm missing out on breads and things that I love because I have that in my freezer. I'm not going to lie. I love it. But right. I'm not going to have it breakfast, lunch, and dinner anymore like I used right. to. I'm going right. to really focus on what nutrients, what, what colors, what seasonal foods am I bringing onto my plate as well as really good quality protein that's well-sourced, ethically raised and all these other things. Because I also believe that too, is that food has an energy and Mm -hmm. I feel like if it's being treated well, I'm going to feel better about letting it nourish me and and Mm -hmm. all things. So I do just want to say like, if you can think about addition or subtraction, sometimes I joke that, especially when I went on AIP, because that it can feel really daunting. There's a lot of eliminations. And so when I went on AIP, I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like a Food Network chopped challenge. If you ever saw that show yes, where you get yeah. that basket of random things and you got it, they're like, go, you have 20 minutes, make a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like a game. Like, here's what I can have. I'm not going to look at the don't eat list. I'm going to look at the do eat list. I'm going to shop from that list and I'm going to just go for it. And I Mm -hmm. have fun. I really did. So when I say on, you know, my blog that I believe this can be joyful, I do mean it. I think it has to, in order for us to heal, if it's stressful, if it's such a burden, why me? You're not going to, that food's not going to heal you. I just Mm -hmm. won't believe that. And you said it so perfectly in the beginning, if our nervous system, if we are stuck in fight or flight every time, especially we open our mouth, our digestion is turned off. We Mm -hmm. digest in the parasympathetic state in rest Mm -hmm. and digest. We don't digest in fight or flight. So get the mindset onto a better track by thinking about, oh, look, I get to have all these things. I get to try all these recipes. Nowadays too, Amy, like there's so many more recipe blogs like mine. I have amazing colleagues and peers that are doing amazing things. There's also really amazing products that you can buy out right. there versus it's so 10 much years ago. To do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's way different. It, it was a real struggle 10 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. It was like the Wild Wild West. Oh, oh, my God. It was like cardboard. Like, <laughs> it was like cardboard and rubbery yeah. at the same time. Yeah, the it's texture. <laughs> um, but now we, it's so much better. I mean, I, I actually recently had a cake at somebody's house that was gluten-free. And I was like, there's no way you could even tell. You see, no, it, they've gotten so good at it. Practice, practice. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things that I struggled with is just really the the gluten-free stuff because we grew up with the pastas, the rices, the cereals, mm-hmm. the everything that I was like, great, I can't eat anything. 
when you make that switch nowadays, we do have the substitute. So you could start there. You can start with gluten-free cereal if you have to, or the gluten-free bread, and then just work yourself into that and see how that feels. Is that all you need to switch, right? Like Absolutely. Do you, you could also then go this next step and say, okay, so dairy is probably a problem. Is there another substitute that is a good substitute? And, no, and that's, that's a tiger that's a milk. Point. Yeah, tiger nut milk. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, t- yeah, tiger nut milk. Yeah. Rather than I can't wait to see you drinking passion. it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to send you a video. <laughs> you should have just showed up today with like a little milk mustache. <laughs> I, I I wish I I knew where to even get it. Like I I have to go to our grocery store that's down the street that's a little further away, but they have everything, so they should have that's it. That's awesome. If it's overwhelming, start with just one thing, right? And just yeah. substitute out that. And then if you feel like it, go for the next thing. And again, like think about crowding in the nutrient dense foods. So even right. like you, you were saying like, Hey, yes, let's absolutely look for good swaps like the paleo or the gluten-free swaps, but let's also say, Hey, well, I could also have that burger not on right. anything. Like I can put it over vegetables. I can put it over. Cause that's sometimes a little trick that I'll see people getting caught in where they do just one-to-one replace all the right. breads, all the pastas. And it's like, yeah, but also you don't need to eat that much of that. Right. Like we want to eat more whole, exactly. We want to eat more whole foods. So again, like I have gluten free paleo bread in my freezer. I definitely have good gluten free pasta. Like I have all of that. It's just, those are not my staples anymore. Those are like, Oh good. We have our, our spaghetti night. Every once in a while I have like my avocado toast or something. But other than that, it's like, no big plates of whole foods that I'll lean on. Right. Yeah. It's a dance you do. You play right, with it, you find sure. some good subs and you also say, Hey, I'm going to expose myself to new stuff. Right. And, and with any elimination diet, you should do it for like six weeks or something, right? Or three. Yeah. So usually at least 30 days, but yeah, six weeks is more ideal. And then you really want to pay attention to your body in those weeks when you're eliminating right. to see how things are changing. You want to make sure you're eating enough because that can be right. a pitfall, right? Where we're, we're eliminating. So we might just be eliminating too much and then suffer with the quantity eliminating too. So you want to make sure you eat enough. You really want to see reintroductions or testing reintroductions as a part of the whole thing. So many times I'll see, especially if people do something like Whole30, it's like by day 31, they have pizza and ice cream and beer. And it's like, well, you just (laughs) (laughs) introduce gluten, dairy, sugar, like all the things back in in the same meal. And that's just not helpful at all. Right. So So you you add one at a time. Exactly. You add one part, you stagger days in between. And you really keep a good food and mood journal. Like you said, we need to tune into our bodies. We food can and use, mood journal. I like that. Yeah, because you want to keep tabs on like, how did this make me feel physically, mentally, emotionally? Did it cause brain fog? Did it change mm-hmm. my digestion? Did I guess skin rash, like whatever it is and really tune into it. And again, just still trying to keep that good mindset. And some things you might learn like, oh, gluten is a no-no for me. I like that you said mood because for me, gluten doesn't necessarily like cause a lot of digestive stress, but it causes a huge shift in my emotional state to the point of like depression, like a mild depression. And I'm like, what? I get, I start getting frustrated and annoyed with myself because I'm like, this is something's not right. And then I'm like, oh, I must've been gluten or I must've had gluten accidentally or something like that. So it, it took a while for me to figure that out, but I am grateful that I did because I think a lot of people are are walking around with depression mm-hmm. and it could just be an elimination of gluten that could make totally. a difference. It could be absolutely it's it could be that gluten. simple. I mean, it, it kind that. of is yeah. scary to think that it could be yeah. just that easy. What were some of the things that you did to for your mindset and emotional state to heal? 
after a while, and especially with the nutrition lens on, it's really easy to start overcorrecting with diet. And it's easy for all of us to do this. I see so many women will come to me and they're like, I did paleo. I did whole 30. I did AIP. I just want to, <laughs> but now I don't know what more to do. I need to feel better. And I also need to like live my life and eat and not fear food. Cause that's why I kept kind of underlining when I said like, we don't, we're not here to demonize grains or legumes or even dairy. I'm just saying these things tend to cause inflammation, especially in excess. And so we want to just test taking it out, maybe putting back in. Another thing I want to highlight is the poison tends to be in the dose. So sometimes like I can have some good quality cheese now that I've done Mm -hmm. healing, that I've removed it and I've done healing, but I'm not going to eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. I'm going to do it a few times a week at most. So I know, kind of know thyself and use these templates and diets as a better way to get to know your body. Like I love how you said that like self-love is nourishing yourself and choosing to do that. And so if we approach this with love and and an abundance mindset versus scarcity, I can't have, I can't have this, right. I miss this. You get what you keep focusing on, right? So right. let's shift that to focusing on. So that was something that I feel like I had started with on the journey. And then I was struggling with after a while because I kept doing more and more eliminations, low FODMAP for SIBO. AIP. Then I started just thinking like every one of my problems in life was somehow tied to a food. Like I just, Oh, something's wrong. Was it the eggs? Oh my God. It was the eggs. I got to, I got to do elimination again. Like it was getting to that point. And I see people get there so many times. So I'm just here to say, don't do that. Like, (laughs) because if you think of your health and well being as a huge pie, food is just one sliver. It's a very powerful sliver, but mm-hmm. it is one piece of the pie. That's why I love how you cover so many different topics on here, talking about these emotional pieces to our health and mental and all these other things, spiritual, because that's where I eventually got to, where I started to look at things and say, wait, I'm holding on to a lot of stress. I'm not setting boundaries. I had a lot of grief. I had lost people in my family. I lost like three family members in a year and a half Oh wow! while I was on the healing journey. And I'm like, perfectionist type A misfix it. And I'm like, I'm okay. Everything's good. Let's just keep going. (laughs) And I started to look at that, like, maybe this is partly why I'm sick. I started really looking at that as like, Hey, maybe it's not just like gluten. Maybe it's my attitude towards life and how I'm go, go, go 900 miles per hour all the time and setting crazy goals. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like burning myself out essentially. And I tend to see that a lot with autoimmune people, like we're go-getters and that's awesome. But sometimes we need to really take a look in the mirror and say, what behaviors, what am I doing in my day-to-day that keeps bringing these same sort of shortcomings or same sort of issues over and over again? And that's where I started to think. And I even, I remember I started leaning more and more into this kind of stuff, into the mind body and reading, uh, I read anatomy of the spirit. And that changed everything for me too. Oh yeah. Fabulous book, right? Love it. Yeah. Love it. I like journaled all over that thing. Like that was super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That was super powerful. And how she even talks about like thyroid disease. Are you using your voice? Are you, I remember I read that and I'm like, I'm going to sing in the shower. Like I remember I had like all these epiphanies. I'm like, I'm going to do all these things. And it made such a huge shift for me because it was nice to look somewhere else. It was nice mm-hmm. to stop doing the food to death because it's not fun anymore. Right. And then you start yeah. having complicated feelings towards food. 
start really affecting some different change and more mindset and behavioral shifts. So that was a really powerful move in that direction to just think about loving my body in a different way. And right. Listen hey, if that. autoimmune, yeah, if autoimmune so-called means that our body is attacking stuff, how am I attacking myself? Exactly. Right? I started thinking a lot about that stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, no, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. I beat myself up a lot if I don't hit a goal or get a thing, or I just keep going. And I see it all the time. We're in a rush to find this magic pill. Right. And we need to slow down. And mm-hmm. and the next step of that is when we're beating ourselves up, we're in fight or flight because we don't feel like Amen. we're enough. And that is what the connection between the mind, body and spirit that people are always missing in the Western world or the doctors or whatever, is that if you're constantly beating yourself up, you're constantly in that fight or flight, your body is degrading. I don't care Amen. who you are. It is biologically what is happening. Mm-hmm. Turning that off, you start to he- the healing process. That's all mm-hmm. that it is. And it's interesting that you talk about having complicated feelings about food. I got to a point eight years ago or something, or uh, no, actually with pandemic time, so screwed up, but I, I guess know. it was more like 10 years ago. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I have enough information. Yeah. Now we just use our intuition to figure out what's going to work and what's not and listen carefully. And then I remember my wife shortly after that started diving into nutrition more deeply. And I was mm-hmm. like, be careful because there's a lot of information and like you might get complicated feelings about food and we need food and we, and we want to have a good relationship with food. And I like this, this exploratory trait that you have around food. I personally has been calling to me too. I'm like, man, Amy, you make a lot of the same meals. Like it's time to expand it. That's why when I found you on Instagram, I was like, wow, I could try some of these things. Like, yeah. I, I'm a little scared because I don't have a lot of training in, in food prep or whatever, but um, it's all about practice. I had zero prep. I used to take, everything was take out for me. Trust me. Yeah. My mom practice. is a great cook <laughs> and she said she used to watch Julia Childs and that was back when you had to just watch and no rewind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. What did you? It was just say? like using your memory. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if she can love do it, it, I can do it. And your cookbook is absolutely beautiful. And, Thank um, you. I, I love how you're integrating it all because it is so necessary. So mm-hmm. is there anything else that you want to share with the listener about your journey or about food? You know, I feel like we had such a great chat and it, and it really talks about the what, the why, the how. That's what I like to do is not just get stuck on what we eat for our health and our gut health, but how and why we eat for it too. That's just as important. The energy that we bring to it and looking deeper into the stuff of like, how am I actually nourishing myself with food and beyond? And so something that I do talk a lot about in the book, on my blog and on my Instagram and stuff is also mindful eating. When we talk about mindfulness, when we talk about being more conscious and present in our day-to-day with meditation or journaling, all my favorite tools, and we bring that into mealtimes, this is where exactly what you're talking about, the nervous system and that linchpin to our health, which is actually our vagus nerve from our gut to brain. And that's what's switching Mm -hmm. between the parasympathetic and sympathetic. When we use mindful eating, which is slowing down, chewing our food, just really being present with our meal. Mm -hmm we can really heal our digestion. So that's something big that I talk a lot about. That's kind of the style of eating that I like to talk about. And and another great way for us to use our intuition and tune in and listen to our hunger and satiation cues Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. So that I would say is is another big piece of how I shifted out of that complicated, icky spot with food when I was like, okay, there's a lot of information. I started shifting out of that and saying, just what you said, I have all the information, I'm done for now. Mm -hmm. How do I apply this to myself? But how else will we know if we can't just sit there and tune in? Our body's always communicating with us. So Mm -hmm. 
if we can just like put the phone away, put the Netflix away, be present with our meal and our body, Mm -hmm. we can hear it. It's a constant practice, but that also made an enormous difference in my life. So that's, that's kind of my other big thing I wanted to share. One of the things that really changed things for me with the, in terms of the mindfulness, because yes, I understand the chewing activates salivary glands and that's the beginning of the digestion and all that. And also puts us in the parasympathetic, but energetically speaking, animals, if they were treated well, if the vegetables were cared for in a way that Mm -hmm. is the highest and best good, it changes the food. And when you, when you're sitting down at that meal, this is what changed for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't even consider this. All the people that put their, their little touch on that getting to your plate and thanking them for what they've created for you. I mean, we just like basically inhale our food. At least I used to inhale our food and don't even stop to think like, I'm like, Oh, I got it from the grocery store and I put it in the refrigerator and I took it out and I made the sandwich or whatever. But it's like, no, 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 Amy, you've definitely raised it. Yeah. Yeah. Who grew it? Who? Yeah. Everything. It's much larger than you. And I think that we talk about this idea that we're all connected, but we really truly are like every time that I eat something, it's the, the creation of someone else. I mean, mm-hmm. I, cause I'm not growing my food. I'm not, it's unfortunately, so true. Yeah. but it's just important to incorporate that as well. So if you want to talk about like the gas that it took to fuel the truck that came there, like that goes all the way back to the person who was even doing whatever they do to get fuel. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. It's so, we're yeah. so interconnected. I love that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the part about the gratitude, like saying grace, mm-hmm. That's a great way to get in the parasympathetic state. That's something how many that's, cultures that's and backgrounds, even think about right? Yeah. Think about that. And even like our ancestors going back, you could think, what did they always do? They paused. Mm-hmm. They said some form of, even if it was like quiet or all that, whatever it was, we, we took pause. We didn't have all this distraction TVs and whatever in front of right. our face all the time that we really had a moment for ourselves. And, well, and, and also, I, I think- lost that. Yeah, I think you would have more of a moment if you had grown those vegetables and true took care of the livestock, and, and you, you had felt to kill so it. connected to it. Yeah, like yeah, you, you would pause working yeah. the farm and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and you also have the idea that like I am lucky right now to have this animal that got to this age that I was able to consume it because that's not always guaranteed, and there can be floods and there can be droughts and there can be all kinds of variables. And so I think that pause also was just to be like, wow, look how lucky we are. We got what we needed and we're provided. I I'm definitely, I I think this was a big change for me as well. Mm -hmm. Just talking to you right here, right now about that aspect. So I hope that was good for anyone listening. Um, Me too. (laughs) Cool. You're a delight to talk to. And I I love your energy. Yeah. And I I think it's probably because you're from New Jersey, obviously. And also living. And we uh, flip tables over there. It, no, yeah, <laughs> in New York City. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody? I like that you you pause and you let us remember this idea of mindfulness. Me, me too. I I feel like that's such a good note to kind of go on. Is we talked about the what to eat. We talked about how, and I just think that's such a great place to go as your foundations because that's personally what I live by. I know that's what you've been doing too, and I think that's how we can just have this level head, good relationship with food in our body. And that's what I'm all about. So I would say I'm going to share with you, actually, I have, this came to mind, but I have a five day mindful eating challenge. It's free. Anyone can sign up for it. Oh, cool. And, it will, and I'll just email you daily for five days to, Hey, try this. Hey, try this. And it's just different tactics to try out throughout the day. 
So that way you guys have it and you can say, Hey, you know what? Let me give this a whirl. And I bet you you'll have less bloating. You will (laughs) feel like your digestion's better, stronger, and that you can enjoy your meals a lot more. So I'm going to share that with you guys. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yes. And we'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes. Yeah. Love it. And all the other information, your Instagram food by Mars, your website food by Mars is all going to be listed below as well as your bio and every way that they can reach you. And you also do one-on-one coaching, right? Like you, and I I know you can order some tests too, which is amazing because a lot of times people in your field can't do that. So you always have to go to see somebody else. So that's, that's great. That's essentially why I did it too. I was working with so many women and it was just like, oh my God, I can't trust that anyone's going to do this for you. So I'm going to learn it. That's me, right? Like, yeah, no, it's great. No one's going to do it for me. I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I love, you kept using the phrase in tune. So I have this program called the in tune method and it's a small group hybrid one-on-one coaching where this is essentially what we do. We try to build your roadmap, your ideal diet and get you in tune with your body on what's going on. By yes, removing some triggers and things like that, but really leaning into the mind body tools, the nervous system stuff. I like to kind of bring it all together and support my clients with it. Great. It was awesome talking to you. You too, Amy. Beautiful light in this world. Thank you for doing all that you do. Content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.